Hello, everybody, and welcome to the second episode of Nice to Meet You podcast series. My name is Rico in the U.S. And I am Pedro in the U.K. Thanks for joining us, and please make sure to subscribe. Today, we have a good life story to tell you guys, and you do not want to miss this one. Next, we'll introduce our guest. Tumelo is 27 years old from South Africa, who currently resides in Botswana with his wife and a baby daughter. They have been married for four years and they are enjoying parenthood during lockdown. Tumelo works in the travel technology space and the pandemic has taught him a lesson about attitude and preparing for the future with faith. South Africa is officially the Republic of South Africa. It is the southernmost country in Africa with over 59 million people. It is the world's 24th most populous nation and it has three capital cities. The executive capital, it is Pretoria. The judicial capital is Bloemfontein, And the legislative capital is Cape Town, the largest city in South Africa is Johannesburg. So welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you for having me, bro. How do you say your name? Does your name have like a meaning? I know parts of the continent. You're speaking from us, uh, from Africa. Parts of the continent, people have names with meaning, like hope and gifted the firstborn what what is the story behind your name for instance so i was born and bred in south africa johannesburg to be exact and um in in sutu my name dumelo means uh faith oh cool uh, but then uh, wow. exactly but my 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 friends and uh, other people that i know and and my colleagues call me to me in short what is was there like a specific story from your parents why they decided to name you Faith? Uh, so what happened is uh, my parents had their firstborn, uh, my sister, uh, in 1987, and um, she passed away in 1990. She was poisoned at the age of three years, and um, she passed away unfortunately. And uh, six years later, my parents had me, and they named me Dumelo, which is Faith. Uh, faith meaning they have faith that, you know, I would live as long as, you know, my sister would. So that's how my name came about. Where you grew up, um, it was after apartheid. Was there like stories that you would hear from your parents maybe or from other folks that were a bit older in the community that would tell you about how that was or i i grew up in soweto one of the biggest townships in the world that that's where most of the the apartheid regime took place and hmm. uh, so i lived around people who who experienced that firsthand and uh my parents they were also in soweto but then when this whole thing began uh my dad went into the free state so he he ran away into the free state with my grandmother uh, my mom was in Soweto at that time, but she was always locked up in the house. 
so I would say that my mom, she had like more firsthand experience than my dad because my dad escaped. You asked the question if I lived around people who experienced that. Yes, I did. Uh, even though my parents did not have that much experience with it, with my mom being locked up in the house, uh, I th there are a lot of people around the area that I grew up in, you know, who are part of the marches. Some I met a guy uh, who was actually shot uh, during during uh, the apartheid regime, and he's still in a wheelchair right now. He's still experiencing pains right now, uh, uh, and he he has fits. One thing I'll tell you is that those stories, uh, when you hear those stories, it's, a, it's as if it happened yesterday. They are so fresh in people's minds. That's why we also have a lot of people who are suffering from, you know, uh, post-traumatic stress disorder right now. How is apartheid, the history of it, being taught in school? Like, did you have a specific class and did you take tests on it? How was that whole experience? In high school, it was included in a history class. And um, yeah, we, we did really have, um, you know, fun learning about it because um, people were getting over it. Yeah. Um, when, when I recall, people are getting over it because I was in a multiracial school and um, we, we, I, I, I know these people in South Africa that have experienced racism, but I, I've never um, had that firsthand, even though we were learning it in school. Yeah. Uh, it was it was it was fun learning about it, and also um, it helped me appreciate what other people who who were born before me, who came before me, went through, uh, so that I can have the life that I did have growing up. When you born, like, how was the situation in the country at that time in 1993? Uh, I can only guess what was really happening because I can't really remember that much, but. Um, uh, the whole thing of apartheid had 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 died down uh, uh, physically, but emotionally, uh, I think during that time a lot of people were still, you know, on the road of of healing. Yes. Uh, because you can only imagine uh, we we got into the 2000, 2002, 2005, uh, where where some people were still holding back. Uh, to the you know emotional scars mm -hmm. that they that they suffered uh, around 1976. So I would say that yes, al although the country was 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 getting healed, uh, I feel like a lot of people were still holding back to what was happening. How do you see the the generations previously uh, from you, and how do you see the future ahead now? Today's generation, uh, pe people who are born. Uh, let me say 1993 uh, into the 2000s, um, we're very different. Uh, we are more, um, you know, we're more into technology. We are more into, we are being westernized, a lot of us, <laughs> if, I, if I put it like that. Okay. Uh, but then the older generation, um, they, they just think true to, to who they really are. And there's, there's not that much of evolving. Mm -hmm. um, at least from where I grew up, because I still go visit Soweto where I come from and I still see the same things that I've been seeing since I was growing up in the 90s. 
If you have questions or comments or would like to be part of the podcast, please send us a note to nice to meet you podcast at gmail.com. That is nice to meet you with the letter U. Again, nice to meet you podcast at gmail.com. Also, please subscribe to our podcast and share it in your social media and leave us a review on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Tell me a little bit about yourself, like, because you, you used to live there, where you are currently, and just just tell us a little bit about your, your progress and what have you been doing so far. Like I was telling you guys, I, I grew up in Soweto, um, in, in, a, in a place called Naledi, and then in 2007, my parents and I and my youngest sister, we moved to another area, but still within the same township. Uh, in Protea Glen. That's where Rico came to visit us, which yeah. I'll tell you about more later. So uh, in 2007, we moved into a new area. Um, I attended a high school in, a, in an all-boys school, high school. Um, I graduated from high school in 2011. And then what I did in, two, in, in 2013, I moved over to Ghana. I lived in Ghana for two years. I was a missionary there. Okay. Uh, so that was 2013 to 15. I came back home. Um, a year later, I got married at the age of 23. That was 2016. And then um, I, I then partnered up with a traveling technology company of which I helped by the, by the time I hit 26 years old, I'd helped the company to hit, um, I, I personally hit $2.5 million in sales in uh in, in that travel and travel and lifestyle company and uh right now i'm also uh, trading the financial markets why did you choose technology what take you to this route professionally what 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 caught my attention with the company is um is, is the travel side of that i really love traveling I, i i had dreams of my wife and i going on holidays around the world uh the, the technology part of it uh came right after when the company started launching into different things. Uh, but what caught my attention is the travel. Have you traveled a lot around South Africa and other places? So like if somebody was to travel to South Africa for vacation, like what places would you tell them or advise them to go? Honestly, if, if, you, if you haven't been to, to South Africa, and you're coming for the first time, you have to go to Cape Town. We have like the, the most wonderful beaches and these beaches are also surrounded and, um, and, 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 and around a nice, beautiful homes in Cams Bay, Cape Town. We have beautiful landscapes, beautiful mountains. It's such an awesome area to be in. Are, are there other places or experiences? Like a lot of people think of like safaris, going there and experiencing that what is your take as a local definitely uh safaris you have to go to kruger national park it goes into zimbabwe if i think about it, if, if i got it correctly it's very huge huge safari mm -hmm. and uh, a lot of people love going there because uh, there's there's a lot of diversity with animals there Uh, I haven't personally been there, but my parents have spent two weeks there mm -hmm. and uh, I've only seen pictures. I'm planning to be there with my wife 
but then from what I'm seeing and what my parents were telling me is that that's that's the best of the best. And yeah, that's the place to go if you uh, want the the thrill of seeing you know wild yeah. animals. Nice. And then um, so there's a part of Soweto when I was there with you that you guys were saying there's like a market, the flea market, and then there's a house next to it that people go to because that was where Nelson Mandela lived after he got out of jail. Is that, correct me if I'm wrong, what was the story about that house? Uh, that's Villagazi Street. It's in Orlando, Soweto. Uh, that's, that's where Mandela and his wife lived. And uh, the house that we took you to, that, that's the actual house that he lived in. You know the bedroom that you saw that's that's wow. his bedroom uh he was living right in that house so right now it's it's turned into a oh, museum cool. that yeah. that road Villagazi street that's where you'll find a lot of hmm. tourists that would be me <laughs> that's where we'll find Pedro. Definitely. a lot of people there just all over from all over the world and it was really fun really fascinating and yeah. the culture just the art that was being sold and all those different items were really, really fascinating. If you were to like recommend a souvenir, what would you recommend that to be? Oh man, that's there's a there's a lot of things to get there. <laughs> um, okay, uh, what we would call Umkonto Esizwe. Have you heard the story about Shaka Zulu, the warrior? I have, but I, I have don't not. remember. No. Uh, Shaka Zulu was one of the Zulu warriors that actually, you know, uh, he's the icon among the Zulu tribe. And um, he's, he's famously known for holding, for, for always having that spear and shield with him. As, as, as years pass by, the Zulus still, you know, hold the spear and, uh, and the shield very dear to their hearts. And they still have competitions till today where they just go out and they have battles using, using those tools. If you're traveling to South Africa, definitely must go to Cape Town and must check out the safaris as well. And remind me, how many languages do you speak again? I speak six out of the 11. <laughs> wow. You said it yes, so easily like, as if like you're drinking water. Yes. I speak six out of the 11. That's what happens. That's what happens when you grow up in Soweto where there's a lot of diversity within you know, the, the, the black tribes. Wow, that's super cool. If you were to greet somebody, like, hi, how are you? Welcome. How do you say that? So in Surti, you would say, Dumela Hujwan. How do you say it again? Dumela Hujwan. <laughs> Dumela Hujwan. All right, that's good. Are uh, there, like, songs that yeah. you remember from those tribes? You guys or, or, uh, obviously know the famous song, Jerusalem. It goes like, Jerusalem, around the world yeah like you, you can see, see like europeans and americans um uh dancing to the song it's like it, it's global man it's it's hitting the charts yeah. 
It has a nice message behind it. It talks about how, you know, Jerusalem is the home for mm. Christians and uh, how 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 they are longing to go to Jerusalem. That's that's the entire message that's behind really the song. Cool. mentioned you got married at uh, the age of 23 was the specific ritual you did for your wedding can you tell us a little bit about that was it a traditional wedding we we didn't do the traditional part of our wedding uh, to be honest with you we were super broke we were dead broke <laughs> but uh, who we isn't were when we're getting married right <laughs> yes so uh what happened is we we just we just met up with our church leaders We signed documents. We signed our marriage certificate. We went home, had dinner with our family, and that was, you, that was it. That was it. If you were, if you were in a normal circumstance, what's like the normal uh, steps and and tradition towards like a traditional marriage or wedding ceremony from your tribe, from your culture? So, if 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 my wife had done it the normal way and the normal traditional way, uh, she's from Botswana. Uh, I'm from South Africa, so what was going to happen will be that uh, my parents were going to go uh, to Botswana. Not my parents, not my dad and mm. uncles. Uh, they were going to go to Botswana, uh, meet up with her, with her side of the family, and then what happened is what happened. What what happens is the her family would then uh, give us a list of items that they want us to buy for them. Uh, as a token of appreciation mm-hmm. that uh, uh, they're giving her to us yeah. as my wife. Um, and then and then we will get that, those things, uh, such as your, um, your suits mm-hmm. for the uncles, blankets, uh, and just a host of other things. Um, and then um, how many cows do they <laughs> want uh, from our side? What's, and, uh, what's like the then, most... Yes, cows you've heard people have to give like a hundred 10 to 15 10 to 15 cows to 15 yes. 15 right? yeah yes and one cow would cost you in Botswana a cow would cost you around um, uh, $350 to $400 wow and you have and maximum yes. you've heard given is 15. Yes. Wow. That's not too bad. $5,000 250. You know, you just you just have to save up and then it's fine. You know, it's interesting you say that though because like back home in Angola we have the similar t- type of culture, but like what has happened over the years is like back in the days the the people would just ask for simple basic things right the suit for the dad the the shoes and things like that but then it has has society started to progress a little bit more they started to ask for other things like they'll ask for a car or they ask for like an iphone and things like that and and people like what this has become like a business now 
yeah. So if you if you if you would describe because you talk a little bit about the things you did in the past and now you're working with technology and how you see your future from now on. Uh, how how do I see things within the future? Definitely uh, during this pandemic, I learned some hard lessons, but were very worthwhile. Uh, I need to be shifting all my businesses online, and um, you know probably do probably do like a thirty five percent. Um, uh, offline and then the 35% will be physical meetings and other things but then uh, the rest of the time I need to move everything online. How has the pandemic as you said shifted the way you think about business and also your li your livelihood day in and day out? So uh, what what happened to my wife and I is that in 2019 we were having nice. the time of our lives. We were we were seeing we were seeing money in our bank account that we've never seen in our eyes ever. Because remember, we started out yeah. our lives broke. Mm -hmm. uh, so when my wife when my wife fell pregnant in June, um, yeah, June July last year, uh, I decided that you know what, let me, we've been waiting for this for our entire lives. Uh, to get a baby, uh, let me just be with my wife. Let me take off some time um, and and just not build as aggressively as I was before because um, I was working night and day. And uh, as soon as she got pregnant, I took off some time. Uh, I stopped working and uh, we were getting paid a lot of money, man. Then the pandemic came in, in April. The same day that my daughter was getting, was, was, was being born, was the same day we wow. went into our first lockdown. So remember, I had I had I had shifted away from work since June, and we were still getting our paychecks um, weekly and and on the fifteenth of every month uh, since June last year. So I was pretty relaxed, but I didn't know what was really coming. When lockdown hit, wow. I started seeing my income drop in June. It was tanking massively. That's why I was saying to you guys that I, I learned very hard lessons, but I do appreciate it that, you know, for the future, what I'm seeing, like you guys just asked me right now, yes, I need to move everything online and start building yeah. systems in which, you know, I don't even have to be there, even mm -hmm. though I'm sleeping, uh, I need, I need to be, ha be having an income to also, you know, um, you know, catch yeah. up the lost time. When we look at what has happened in the world, we're all going through different stages throughout the pandemic. And one that's very interesting to me is the mental aspect of it. How has COVID, what has COVID done or how is it for you guys as far as the mental aspect of the whole situation yeah so firstly you know um how how, how are we affected mentally and um you know it was both positive and i don't really want to say it was negative because i i'm, I'm really I, I appreciate the lessons that came you know and um i i don't really remember my wife and i being really really worried uh, about about the future, but we we had to take some things seriously, uh, such as uh, you know our businesses. 
but then when I also look at my family, uh, my parents, my in-laws, uh, we all had a rude awakening that, you know, the world is really changing. We have a new normal now, and now we just need to adjust yeah. rather than complaining. I like that you know, attitude. That's true. Exactly. Love that. So that's what I've, I've, I've been grinding into my family's uh, heads, especially my parents, uh, because, you know, they, they're still old school. And I, I, was, I was just telling them that, guys, we just need to adjust. You know, now uh, things are not even uh, go, never going to go back to where they are. And uh, there's no time to, to, to complain. Yeah. And I like what you said about having a great attitude. Because at the end of the day, things can happen to us. And it's how we react to those things that really can help us get through whatever situation it is with our heads held high, knowing that it's an experience, we learn from it, but we continue moving forward because we have, we have hope. If you have questions or comments or would like to be part of the podcast, please send us a note to nice to meet you podcast at gmail.com. That is nice to meet you with the letter U. Again, nice to meet you podcast at gmail.com. And also please subscribe to our podcast, share it on your social media and leave us a review on iTunes, Spotify or anywhere you listen to podcasts. I was going to ask you this. Remember when I went to South Africa and um, you guys picked me up, there was a time we were driving down to the city and you forgot your driver license. And I just remember, and there was like um, this police car stopping every car driving by. This is something that happens in Africa all the time. And then the, it got to us. And we had, you had a friend in the car and he was saying, just stay, stay calm, just chill, just stay cool. Don't look like you're panicking. And then as we start driving slowly, there's a police lady that comes to us and says, stop, stop, stop. And then we stopped the car and then she asked like, license, license. And then you looked, you looked in your, in your pocket and you're like, oh my gosh, I don't have my license. I don't have my license. And then you said something to her in like one of the dialects. And then I just remember her saying, oh, get out of the car. You're under arrest. And I was like, what? Now we don't have a driver anymore. Yeah. So I had forgotten my license and, you know, mm -hmm. under that pressure, I wasn't yeah. even thinking straight. And uh, the truth is they, they can't send me to jail just because I don't have my license. So uh, that pressure just caused me to, you know, just do everything that she wanted. And <laughs> yeah, I remember she's exactly. saying to you, you under arrest, you under arrest. And I was like, I actually was scared. I was like, we don't have a driver anymore. And it was a, a manual car, like a stick shift car. I don't know how to drive this. And your friend told me, oh, I don't know how to drive it either. And like, okay, so we're in trouble. And then I remember, I think it was you or your friend started talking to her. And then we gave her, do you remember how much it was? Was it like a thousand rands? No, we gave her 500 rands. That's about That's so $25. <laughs> but yeah, I, I remember I'd like, we gave oh, her the money yeah. and then she let you go. And we were so happy that you were able to come back. 
did this situation happen again to you? No, 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 no. I've, I, it has, it's never happened because I really hated what happened when Rico was there. We're, we will never speak yeah, of yeah, this exactly. ever again. <laughs> so what we wanted to do, like the last part of it, we just want to ask you like quick questions and you just answer with the first thing that come to mind. If you were to Let's pick see. a song to describe your life, what would that song be? There's a song called Good Life. I, I just I just don't, don't remember well, uh, the, the artist. Here's another song that I always think well, about to describe myself. Can you, you know a Jay-Z song? It um, goes like, Every day a star is born. Clap for him, clap for him, clap for him. Hey, every day a star is nice. born. Clap for him, clap for him. How about the good life song? Do you know how to sing that one? I just know the, the chorus. It goes like, the good life, the good, the good life. It goes like, we put the past in our back and something like that. I just love the, the tune. <laughs> And it's a feeling that I can't explain How you make it in your team still stay the same Stay down from the jump and they never change Man, it's a moment I could never trade Yeah. And are you reading any specific book now? Yeah, I am. The 5am Club. What is that about? By Robert Sharma. It, it, it mainly speaks about, you know, how to win the first 60 nice. minutes of your day. Between 5am and 6am, what are you doing so to that. win your day during those times? Tell us like in a short version, what are these rules that you follow? Doing your affirmations, making sure that you're doing um, personal development, uh, make sure you're exercising uh, within the first 60 minutes of your day, just so that you win the entire day. So Robert Sharma, just to tell you a bit about the guy, uh, he's... He's well known for, you know, personally mentoring and coaching billionaires around the world. And the stuff that he's teaching in the book are stuff that he taught and are implemented by billionaires and multimillionaires uh, to help them to be high growth individuals. Uh, it's true. There's so much power within mourning, you know. If you were and, the uh, president of South ahead. Africa, what would your secret service name be? Uh, um, take your time, take your time, my friend. I don't know, like, uh, intelligent okay, so force. Uh, I don't know. So, the name would be intelligent force. So, the, the, the people in the secret service will be saying, Intelligent force is on the move. Intelligent force is on the move. So, that's your name. That's what you want to be called. Yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> What's one dream or aspiration you wish it comes true in your life? Wow. Um, man, we should stop having genetically modified foods. Genetically modified foods are actually speeding us hmm. up to get sick. Uh, we, we're not having good organic hmm. food anymore around the world. It's a very powerful statement. I, I com <laughs> uh, commend you for that statement. So if you had seven lives, For what sure. would you be doing with them? All right. So the first life, I'd honestly do microbiology. Reason being of what I just told you about modifi uh, genetically modified foods. I would dedicate my entire life into changing the food industry. That's number one. The second life, 
I would dedicate myself uh, to improving um, entrepreneurship in Africa. Africa, from what we are seeing uh, with my partners, is we, we are not that rich in personal development. You know, like like people are in the U.S. Uh, attending summits and all that stuff. It's only like getting in, into popularity right now. But the problem in Africa is an entrepreneurship. Uh, we are underusing our resources in Africa. So I'll dedicate myself to get the best of the best trainers, the best of the best, you know, entrepreneurs out there. Uh, to come teach, inspire, and coach. What's one idea that you would want to see implemented to change the landscape of the type of food that we eat? Encourage more people to to get into farming because it looks like the reason why we're having genetically modified foods is, that, is because we're not having that much farmers. Even the CEO of the Bank of Africa says, Africa's billionaires and multimillionaires will come from the food industry. Right now, we're seeing people running into technology and other things, and we're not seeing a lot of people get, get going into the food industry because, you know, no matter what comes in the world or no matter what's new that's coming, people will always need food. So that's one thing that I would encourage people to do that. Let's get into farming, guys. Do you have any plans in the future to do something with this? Yeah, so um, uh, a friend of mine in Botswana and I and my wife, uh, we're getting into farming, uh, but we're going to strategically do it because I, I already have other things running. So I just don't want to have, you know, I, I, don't, I just don't want to take in too much than I can eat. so much for being with us today i think that you have an amazing story it was such a pleasure just getting to know you a little bit more it was eye-opening for me and hearing your story was very inspirational and uh what what an amazing story <laughs> you agree. have for such a young age thank you for having yeah. me guys so thank you so much and uh, have a beautiful rest of your evening there i know it's late at night but thank you so much. Thank you to Melo. Have a great time. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too, Brian.